Good morning. Happy Friday. Cody and Jansen with you on 12 Ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report live February 7th with a ton to talk about as usual. Oily Sharks last night was an absolute gong show. Especially if you're there in person. I mean, we'll get a little bit more into those details. The game itself had its highs and lows. I mean, if you're an Oilers fan, you're probably a little bit pissed off. What do you do? What do you do? San Jose, they worked harder. They worked smarter. And Dello played Koskinen. That's as simple as it gets for a winning formula. And San Jose, they've, they've really proven why they've been a playoff team for so long. And this season, yeah, it hasn't gone great. But they kind of just proved that they're a good, bad team. I mean, of the bad teams, they're probably one of the best. They get decent goaltending, even half-decent, above 900 for Martin Jones and Aaron Dell. Good chance to win a hockey game. Their power play is spectacular. Their forecheck's good. They don't turn too many pucks over. Sure, maybe their defense aren't amazing at transitioning back. I mean, guys like McDavid can just expose them every other shift. But for the most part, boy... You can see where that team beat, uh, you know, Vegas. They're a good hockey team. That's a second-round team. I know they lost a few pieces. I know losing Pavelski hurts. Still, they got some good young guys coming up. And even to do it without hurdle, that's impressive. Timo Meyer, boy, he is something else to watch. I'm telling you, if you get to go watch the San Jose Sharks game, focus on him for a couple of shifts. He does all the little things right, and you can tell why coaches absolutely love him. No doubt. All right, coming up on the show as well, Kirsten Kroll is going to join us to talk some college hockey around 8:20 trade season in the NHL. The Leafs are making moves, and I guarantee you they're going to be making more. I can't see them staying put with being a mediocre, possibly non-playoff team. That just doesn't sit well with Toronto. That's not going to work with Dubas. I mean, he's too young to sit back. He might as well go all in. Because, it, it, I mean, if if, it de- if this doesn't work out in Toronto for Kyle Dubas, there's a 0% chance he doesn't get hired again. He will get hired again. So right now, when you've got this team, you might as well go in. I mean, foot to the pedal with the Leafs right now. Trade, trade, trade. Get that team shaped how you like. I think Adam Adam was beaten to it as well. Some of the Flames things, it's got to change. They were not good, to say the least, last night. And that's tough. And hey, we'll finish it off. Friday Night Bets. We'll talk your port style, of course. Show brought to you by Seat Giant and Bet My Bookie. MyBookie.ag, the place to cash all your bets this hockey season. Use the promo code 12OZSports and they're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. If you're hitting up SeatGiant.ca, use promo code, promo code 12OZSports as well. And you'll save some money on your next ticket buying purchase. All right, let's talk Oilers and Sharks because 
I thought, I mean, five minutes in, the Oiler up 2-0, McDavid absolutely burns someone. Gagne with a little backhand slapper, it looked like, went top shelf. I thought, no way. No way the Oilers don't cover the puck line for me. Boy, was I wrong. At least I wasn't... No, you know, we're just going to... We won't avoid that. Or we will avoid that. The others were just bad. I don't know, they fell asleep. They weren't doing anything. And San Jose really just got to play their game. And if you let them do that, it's over. San Jose is one of the smarter teams in the NHL. They've got a certain style. They love to play a non-physical, kind of just skilled passing game perimeter where the the Oilers, they really thrive off of a speed intensity game almost. Kind of where the Flames don't succeed. I mean, the, the Flames struggle for the most part with the physical speed intensity and the Oilers, they're all over it. So if they don't get to play that because San Jose is so good with the puck, yeah, you're in for a long night and that it was. 6-3 was the final. End of the day, if you're the Oilers, that wasn't good enough by anyone. I don't care if you have James Neal or anyone out. Realistically, that was just a poor performance by a team who is supposed to be a legitimate playoff team this year. I get it. That Pacific is super tight right now. But if you're the Oilers, you need more than five minutes out of McDavid. You need... Dreisaitl was so irrelevant last night. It hurts. And Miko Koskinen, I I don't even know. You can talk about the Oilers goaltending all season long. They're 980 or they're 880 goalies. There's no in-between. I don't even think he was an 880 last night. Didn't actually check the numbers. But, end of the day... He was not good enough. Do I think Mike Smith would have done better? I don't think so. I I honestly think Mike Smith might have even done worse because that's just the name of the game. When you're playing a team like San Jose, he's going to make you pay on those chances. Okay, I can't see Mike Miko Koskinen's numbers. He allowed 6 on 31, so 25 saves. Not a big math guy, but that is not good. I think that's close to 800. Taking a random stab at it right there. 800 save percentage-ish for Miko Koskinen. Aaron Dell, the product of Airdrie Alberta, makes 28 saves. Timo Meyer had a couple of goals. Kane, LeBanc, Latunov, Nilsson. They rounded it out to a period for San Jose. When you think about it, that's just, I mean, that's the model of consistency. That's what they've been lacking to start the year. But hey, they've battled some injuries. They're an older team. They went on a little playoff run last year. Not as easy to recover. One last thing I wanted to talk about with this. Just the actual game itself. Joe Thornton on the power play. It's just crazy. I get he's got, what, 1,500 plus points now? It's just crazy to think. That at his age, he can be so good with the puck. 
I mean, he's batting everything out of midair. He never fumbles a pass. I mean, he will literally catch anything and it ends up on his stick. He's threading the needle. Seam passes. It's just wild. It's cool to see. It really is. I mean, if you don't appreciate what Joe Thornton has done for the game of hockey, you're an idiot. He's unreal. It, it, it's so cool to see, and it's awesome to see him on the power play. And, I mean, for him, getting to play with guys like Carlson, Burns, Kane, Meyer. If teams don't know by now, you got to stay out of the box against San Jose. They're going to make you pay. they got so many threats up there, and that's even without Hurdle. That's without a guy like Vlasic, Dylan on the back end. Guys who can actually rip the puck as well. San Jose is a legitimate team. I just think they spent money in wrong places. I think... I just don't see, I guess, how Martin Jones is going to be your legitimate number one going into playoffs. I really don't. Dell's been playing good. I, I love the way that Aaron Dell battles. But is he the guy I want between the pipes come game 91 of the season? No. no. After game 82, I think that's just your, your confident backup. My opinion, though. Okay, we got to talk Oilers fans, though. There's that video going around. We were sitting above it. Could see that and saw the whole thing. Sharks fan got kicked out. I don't even know. I mean, I, I think he might have got punched or something. Everyone's running their mouth a little bit. It's cheap beer night in Edmonton, so it's 15 bucks a beer instead of 35 Rogers Place was just... They were furious. Rogers Place needed something to be pissed off about, and they found a Sharks fan who... I don't know if they harassed him to that point. I, I, I'm sure... He was a little bit under some sort of substance. And he, you know, he just kind of snapped, too, when he was going up there. Poured his beer, threw his beer at someone. You know, get the little cuff treatment. The worst part is, is you're sitting in row three, though. I mean, buddy, you got to make that walk of shame, and you know it. You can't be a ding there. If you're in the upper bowl, at least you might be able to hide a little bit or, you know, kind of one of the higher rows of the lower bowl. You know, short walk up the stairs. Don't have to go past everyone. But, I mean, he's got to go up 55 steps of people just giving it to him. Although, I do find it weird when a home team or, or fans are chirping when you're down three in the third period. Never really a great time to chirp someone. Maybe you bring up the standings. Maybe make fun of his haircut or something. I don't know. Not my place in time. And it's an interesting one, though. And it's one I always love to ask on World Hockey Report. Who's got the worst fan base? Of course, connect to us anytime at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well at January 31. Still to come up, college puck with Kirsten called trade season. That'll be at probably around 840-ish. And some Friday night bets. But looking back at games last night, here, hammered this one, the under 6.5. Pens and Lightnings barely hit, but hey, I was pretty confident in these two goaltending duos. It was 4-2 for the Lightning. Montreal gets past Anaheim 3-2 in overtime. 
The Islanders beat the Kings 5-3. Detroit beats the Sabres 4-3 in a shootout. Now, I, I, I missed this one. I wasn't sitting on my couch last night. What was the big deal with NBC? It was that people wanted to watch the Pens and Lightning and they had to watch the Red Wings and Sabres? Something like, I'm not sure. It, I, I'm sure it kind of goes off of ratings too. And I do believe like Buffalo is always one of the highest ratings for watching hockey. And I do think Detroit's up there as well. So I would assume that's kind of why when it comes down to TV. Like, yeah, sure, you might want to watch this game. But if more people are going to watch Buffalo, Detroit, just due to geographics, I guess it's kind of hard to fault NBC. Yet again. Moving along. Uh, Vegas lays a stomping on the Panthers. I did think about crushing the over on this game, but I panicked because the last time I bet Florida, I think it was a one nothing game. Disappointing. Uh, New Jersey hammers Philly at home. The Flyers have been good at home, too. There's that one, 5 nothing. Colorado over the Sens, 4-1. Minnesota over the Canucks. Not the Canucks at plus 105 on the money line last night. It was a good one. Turns out it wasn't. Jets double up the Blues, 4-2 on the road. Canes beat the Yotes, 5-3. That was another one where the, the Yotes were home dogs, and Vegas knows better. Vegas knows better than Janner. And then, of course, the Sharks double up the Oilers 6-3 thanks to two goals from Timo Meyer. A couple of gifts maybe from Koskinen. And Dell played well when he was tested. But yet again, you can't get five minutes of hockey from McDavid, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins. You just can't. If those guys aren't going... For maybe you get away with taking a period off here and there if your goaltender's going to bail you out. But Connor McDavid knows better. You don't win a hockey game by playing five minutes. That is just unacceptable. And here, before we even get into the actual hard trade talk, I don't get why they're holding McDavid back by playing him with Sam Gagne and Archibald. That's just such a... I get it, McDavid's going to make anyone on his line seem decent. I do think they moved Cassian back up there after a while. But what a weird combo. Talk about holding a guy, handcuffing a guy, making him two steps behind. Just because you're trying to get others to keep up. I get it. Dreisaitl is supposedly carrying his own line now that he's got Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins on it. So yeah, not bad line mates right there. I'm still saying put McDavid on that line instead of Dreisaitl, and it's a whole different story. Because if Dreisaitl can drive his own line with Josh Archibald and Sam Gagne, then I'll let you win that argument. Then I will. That's fair. That's fair. But driving your own line when it's Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto, sure, it looks great on paper that you're not playing with McDavid and you're finally getting points. But if it comes at the, the, the price of handicapping the rest of your team, setting them back because now McDavid's got no one to play with, I don't know. 
Ken Holland's got to step up. They need to bring in a winger. I don't think Jean-Gabriel Pajot's the right answer. I don't think Chris Kreider's the right answer. But they have to find someone who's going to be there for more. I, like, there's no point in grabbing a rental player right now because I don't see too many of these free agents actually wanting to re-sign in Edmonton. Everyone knows the Oilers are a little bit you know, cap-restricted. Everyone knows Edmonton, not the best city to live in. Everyone knows Oilers fans, pretty ruthless, gutless, annoying. Like, it's just, it's a thing. You don't see free agents flocking to the great city of Edmonton. It's just how it is. I mean, that's your straightforward answer. All right, we're going to take a break. College puck coming back. Thrill Hockey Report live. Coming to you on 12-ounce sports brought to you by mybookie.ag. So we'll talk your report live. Coming to you on 12-ounce sports. Going to talk some college hockey now. we got Kirsten Kroll on the line. St. Cloud. That's where you're covering all the games. The great state of Minnesota. Everyone knows it as a hockey state. How's it going on this Friday morning? It's going well. I am feeling better than I have the past few days. Just getting over a really bad cold. So I just made me a cup of tea, so I'm hoping that gets me through this. <laughs> what's, the, what's the go-to tea? Um, I'm a big Lipton green tea girl. Okay, okay. I don't know. Is there Bengal spice tea in the States? That's the go-to. I've never heard of it, okay. but also I'm, I usually just stick with what I know, and that's green tea. <laughs> You're also a Culver's fan, which is a little bit overrated, I will say, but we don't have to get too far into that. Yeah, you're probably right on that. <laughs> it could be a little overrated. Moving along, college hockey, though. Um, you're covering a lot of St. Cloud. So what, what's the Huskies like this season? How's the season going for them? Give me a, a mid-season update here. As, I mean, I guess we are kind of approaching February. Yeah. So we lost about 10 key players last year. I mean, you look at our roster. Ryan Paling, who now plays the Montreal Canadiens organization. I think he is actually called up right now, so he's playing in the NHL. So he left before his senior year. Then there's Blake Lazat, who left before his senior year as well. He's been playing all season with the LA Kings. So two guys who were key for us last year left. And then we lost all of these seniors. You know, Jimmy Schultz, Robbie Jackson, Patrick Newell. They're all out playing professional hockey now. John Lazat. So a lot of guys who were huge for us in their entire time here, now gone. So we have a huge freshman class, 10, 10 guys. And so the first half of the season, it was, I don't want to say a rebuilding year, but it kind of was. But it was more so, excuse me, people just kind of learning their new roles on the team. And um, Brett Larson, our head coach, he was saying that, you know, once the second half comes around, they're no longer freshmen. And so I think we've really been starting to see that here in the second half. St. Cloud has really been picking up the pace here. And so we're tied for fifth right now in the standings. The team is over in Colorado Springs right now. It's playing Colorado College this weekend. So if we can sweep out there, that will be huge in the standings because right now we're fighting for home ice to make it into our conference tournament. And so – it's, it's been some good second-half hockey. Last weekend, uh, Miami University came here, and we swept them. So they're kicking up points when it matters. 
Colorado College is getting a sick new barn. I can't wait to see that thing when that's uh, finished I've, I've and all the idea. I've plans for it, and it looks sick. I'm excited for them. Yeah, I mean, we will get into the Huskies barn too, but just since, I mean, the, the bean pot just ha- or semis happened on Monday, and obviously, I mean, BU looked like a wagon. But in your opinion, who's the best team in college hockey right now? You know, I could be, maybe I'm biased, maybe some people will think I'm biased, because I'm going to have to stick within the NCHB. I'm going with either North Dakota or Minnesota Duluth. I know Minnesota Duluth they haven't been doing as well as North Dakota has. North Dakota has just been dominating this entire season. And then they got Jordan Calgucci, too, who's up Colby Baker right now, who's also just been killing it. But also, too, with Minnesota Duluth, two-time back-to-back national champion Scott Sandlin at the reins of that program, I really don't think that you can count them out yet either. Right now, they're still in a home ice position for her playoffs, and going off that too, I don't know exactly where they're at in the pairwise rankings, but I know they're ranked in USDHL, so I don't know, I think with the success that program has and all of their returning players and the experience of their head coach, I don't think you can count them out either, so I'm going to stick with North Dakota or Minnesota well, I mean, I guess you can't have two first-place teams. But UND's a wagon, and then, I mean, the, the Gophers' little brothers are really pulling through there at UMD. So pretty cool to see, actually. Good for them. I mean, obviously, anytime the state of hockey is a good college team, that's obviously uh, good for the game in general. Hey, you've been covering college hockey now for, for a few years and, and such. So who's one of the best players you've seen? Who's a player who you've got to watch live in person? I, I mean, you really take a step back and you go, holy, that, that guy's going to be a player. Oh, gosh, there's been so many. But I don't know. There's, there's one guy, one of my favorite guys that I get to interview all the time that, you know, I talked to here and there, um, and he also had a sick, sick goal Saturday night against Miami last week. Uh, Ethan Brzezinski, he is so, so fun to watch, and I don't know if you've ever got the chance to see him play, or any of his brothers, his younger brother Bryce plays for the Gophers, his older brother Johnny plays out in the LA Kings organization, it's, he's a fun one to watch. What a family. Holy. No, that's, uh, they've got a lot of speed, too. And, I mean, you, you got the, the joys of watching Paling, too. I mean, he was, he's, he's next level. And I get he's had a little tough transition here into the NHL this season. But for college hockey guys, I just love the way that he really controlled the game. And I thought he was, uh, you know, one of the more special players to go through the system. Oh, yeah, no, Ryan, too, watching him play, he was incredible. And even last season... I mean, no one really, like, talked about it, and, you know, it wasn't on Ryan's mind. I'm, at least if it was, he wasn't talking about it, whether he was going to stay for his senior year with his older brothers. Because, uh, yeah, all three of the pairings played here. That was fun to see the twins, Jack and Nick, and then Ryan all playing together. Something that, you know, is super unique that you're, you don't get to see every day. Um, and I know they said that was a dream come true for all of them to be able to play together. But... Ryan, yeah, he was just on a different level. He was on a level all of his own. And even Coach Larson last year was saying, too, he said that, you know, he was one of the only NHL-ready players in all of college hockey, he thought, so, at the time. But, yeah, I mean, and I know he was battling an injury this season, so he was down in the AHL. But even his NHL debut last season, it's not every day you get a hat trick and also score the shootout winner. So... 
wild. Just just wild. I think he did it at the Bell Center too in Montreal. So not a bad yeah, place. Yeah, he did. Not, and not I a bad know place. his whole family was there watching him too. And his brother Jack, I just remember him either making a tweet or posting on Instagram. He's like, I don't have any words to say about this. I'm just so proud. And I, what do you say about that? Like, I don't think anyone expected that for your debut. <laughs> Sign the contract. That's what you see about that. Hey, I don't know if are the Huskies still getting pretty good crowds. I mean, because like when that Brook Center gets going, that it's one of the the better facilities in college hockey. Because I mean, let's be realistic. It is kind of a barn. I mean, you're not playing in in UND's rink or anything like that. But what's the Brook Center like when it gets going? Because I think a lot of people, especially up in Canada, don't even have a clue how rowdy some of those games can get. Yeah, it's it's an incredible atmosphere. That's why, you know, reporting, that is what I essentially want to do because you're in with all of the action. You're right there where it's all happening. And you definitely feed off the crowd. And I know all of the guys do, the coaches do. Most recently when we were playing Minnesota Duluth, um, it was kind of back and forth there for a little bit in the game. But St. Cloud ended up, it was the biggest sweep that we had at home all season. And it... It was so loud. I was talking to Coach in the press conference, and I was like, when was the last time you had heard this building get this loud? And he was like, you know, it's, it's probably last year when we went into overtime with Minnesota Duluth. Just, I I can't even tell you. Sorry, my dog is popping his phone around, and it's <laughs> at the kitchen table. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. But, yes, anyways, um, when we played Minnesota Duluth, just – rink that rock in the fans like it's so loud they really get behind their team and in i believe it's two weeks from now north dakota's coming to town and so every time i mean we get a good a really good crowd for minnesota Duluth. i think we got we have around five thousand seats in the rink and it was pretty near sold out but when north dakota comes to town their fans you gotta give a lot of credit to their fan base because they travel really, really well. Every time North Dakota comes to town, they sell out standing room only. So I'm so excited for two weeks from now when they come to town because, like I said, standing room only, over 7,000 people in the Brooks Center. It's definitely at max capacity. Now, with with your role, I mean, doing TV reporting and stuff on, on Fox, I do believe, how tough is it? I, I've never really done the whole, you know, rinkside reporting per se on tv how tough is it to be in, in like a student section i see where you, you guys are doing live hits and stuff like you're in like a student section they're screaming behind you, you see it even in college football too and hockey how do you do a live hit like that I, I honestly just don't get it like my mind would be in such a pretzel uh you know it at first it's gotten better but it gets kind of distracting and you really got to pay attention when i'm in the student section and the fans are screaming i can like, we wear little IFBs, and if anyone's wondering, no, people do not feed us questions or what to say through the IFBs. All of that is all on our own. Um, but my producers, like, the IFB is, oh, they can, like, give me cues or tell me when I'm going live and stuff. But when I'm in that student section, I cannot hear a thing. Like, in my earpiece, I cannot hear anybody. So I really rely on our camera person just to give me a single, or a signal, excuse me. And I hope that I'm able to, you know, make sure I'm not saying anything dumb on camera, that I got everything memorized, because it's very easy 
with everything that's going on to kind of get a little distracted. Do you have any funny stories from from being on camera? Maybe you know one of your first few times messing up or anything like that. Um, you know, I've definitely had a few moments where I've messed up, and I I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. I really get on myself when I do mess up. Like, I mean, just like little things sometimes. Like there was a post game interview I did with Jimmy Show last year, and I accidentally said he had three goals when he really had two. <laughs> Excuse me. So, if, you know, just getting the stats wrong, and I really get on myself for that. And I mean, we kind of laughed about it after Jimmy walked into the press conference after the game. He goes, hey, Kirsten, thanks for making me look good. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that kind of stuff happens from time to time. And um, the one memory that I really, I always think about was my very first time on a live broadcast, and it was for Hockey Day Minnesota, so if you know anything about that day, it is massive in this case. Massive. And so that was my very first time on camera, Hockey Day Minnesota on Fox Sports North. We were playing Mankato. Bob Bobco is still a head coach at the time at St. Cloud State. And so after the second break in the second period, so when there's about 10, under 10 minutes left in the second period, um, when we're coming back from break, we go on the bench and interview the coach. Just one really quick question in the middle of gameplay. Like, and so I'm on the bench, and Moscow's standing next to him. He's talking to the players. And I was like, okay, coach, we got 30 seconds. So we're back. He's like, okay. And then I was like, coach, 15 seconds. He goes, okay. But then something happens with the ref, and then Moscow just starts yelling at the ref. I don't remember what they were talking about, but... I don't know, he was just talking to the refs, not too happy, and then there I am just standing there. Now we are live on TV. We are still talking to the refs. And then I'm, you can see my hesitancy, and I'm like trying to talk, and he's not paying attention. So I look behind me, I'm looking at Mike Gibbons, because I'm like, do I run over to him quick on camera and interview him instead? And then I like turn back to him, and I'm like, no. And I just start talking, and they get my question out, and then, but it was, if you have, I have the video, if you see the video, it is funny, but also, yeah, it was. That would just be so weird. It was kind of scary. (laughs) I just don't even know what you would, like, do in that situation. Like, that's just, you really have to be so on the ball. Um, I also wanted to ask you about just St. Cloud State University in general because I got got one funny story for you is, geez, I must have been 16 or 17 at the time coming. We we drove down to Des Moines for, for hockey down there, and so... After it didn't work out with the Bucks, I was coming back. So I'm getting a tour, you know, whatever. Like, you know, you're young, you, you think you're hot shots, so you're getting this tour and everything, seeing it all the places. And we were gonna go find somewhere to eat. And so we're driving like just off campus. It was right after the rink tour. And all of these cops are swarming around some I don't know don't even know if it was a dorm or something. And so we get stopped by the police. We're like, oh my goodness, like what the heck? And the officer goes, he goes, someone just got shot here. Like, how long have you been in the area? I'm like, oh my goodness, like what a tour. So yeah, someone literally, I mean, I don't even know if it was on campus or just off, 
It was it was wild. It was such a it was such a crazy thing. So I'm like, oh boy, this is a, this is an interesting place to be. And yet again, I had never been to Minnesota. Well, like I've been through Minnesota, but um, what's it like though? Like I, everyone, I never went, but obviously everyone says it's a pretty fun school to be at. I love St. Cloud. It is. I didn't even tour here yet when I had accepted my acceptance to come here. I accepted it just because. I knew they had a great TV program. It had everything I wanted to do. So I was like, this is where I'm going. Two and a half hours from home. Like, this is the place. And then I've had nothing but a great experience here. I've met some lifelong friends at the university. I've had so many experiences that I never even imagined I would get before coming to the university. Back when I was just a wee little high school student. But, and I don't know. I think the campus is beautiful. It has a lot to offer. And just... The city of St. Cloud as well, like, yes, it has a porch, like, any place that you go to does, but it's right on, the campus is right on the Mississippi, there's a lot of fun stuff in the city to do, like, there's these quarries where people go cliff jumping and just swimming, it's super cold, but it's a lot of fun, there's this, and it's an hour from, like, Minneapolis, so it's, I love it here. Yet again, I feel like it's one of those smaller schools where a lot of people do know each other, it's not absolutely massive like say university of minnesota or a big michigan ohio state so it's kind of got a good feel but no that is awesome kirsten I, we really appreciate you coming on here give us give yourself a plug i mean where are you on i know you're you're doing the the huskies broadcasts on fox and stuff what else are you doing what's next for you give everyone an update well thank you for having me on i really enjoyed being on and also i do say i'm, I'm loving this radio and podcast stuff because I'm just wearing sweatpants right now, sitting on my couch, so it's pretty laid back. I'm liking this, but um, yeah, so right now I'm in my senior year, St. Club State, just kind of getting ready to wrap up the college hockey season, and then I'll probably do some stuff with our baseball team here, but yeah, looking for my next job as well, wherever that's going to be, so um, yeah, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Kirsten Kroll. My Instagram's Kirsten Ann Kroll. Someone else stole my handle. So it's fine. But, yeah, that's kind of little Little shade there to end it. Yeah. Well, yeah, someone stole my name, so I couldn't take it on Instagram. So I had to throw the middle name in there, too. That's got to be a pretty rare one. you got to, like, find the person. Offer them 10 bucks or something. Yeah, well, yeah, most people are, like, named Kirsten. Or Kristen, maybe your name is pronounced Kirsten. I don't know. It's spelled the same way, but confuses people a lot. So, but yeah, for it to be like a Kirsten, and then like I don't have a super common last name either. So, I kind of, you know, just was under the impression that I was going to be able to have my name and my Instagram handle, but I was wrong. It happens, it happens. But hey, Kirsten, yet again, appreciate you coming on. Thank you once again. We'll have to get you on maybe before Frozen 4 or something around then. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you for having me. Kirsten Kroll joins Toxum College. Pock there. Great insight. St. Cloud State Hockey Insider. Moving along, let's go to commercial break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit of traits. I do think, I got a few. Maybe we'll go over every Canadian team. Just one quick thing. What they need to add before the playoffs or non-playoffs if you're an Ottawa fan. Sorry about that. Hey, we also got some Friday night bets. You know what it is. Hit it up. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code 12OZSports. Save money on your next ticket buying purchase. Back after the break, it's Cody James on 12 Ounce Sports. 
It's World Hockey Report live coming to you on the 12 Ounce Sports Radio Network. Show brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code 12OZ Sports and you'll save money on your next ticket buying purchase. Let's talk a little trade season in the NHL. Hey, first off, though, we did, I, I guess I didn't really touch on it, though. Toronto, they get Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Hometown boy. Pretty cool. Adds a little bit of grit, a little bit of speed. Maybe not that much speed when you're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. He adds a little bit of something. Not exactly sure what it is. A little bit of toughness is probably the biggest thing that the Leafs really don't have right now. So it helps, but is one guy going to make the difference? That's one of the things you, you see with the Calgary Flames, and I hate to compare them, but if you've got Lucic in the lineup, but not Ronaldo, you've got one asset of toughness, but you don't have both. So now you're almost wasting a spot. When you got both, there you go. Now you've got multiple lines with tough guys on it, able to play that physical, gritty style, open up space for skilled players. Or if you've got none, then you've got room for an extra speed guy, and you're really not, I mean, getting involved in that type of physical, chippy play because you know you can't. Not that I'm a fan of it. I'm just saying you got to build your roster accordingly. So, who really knows what the Leafs are going to do here because this isn't the move that gets them to the playoffs or puts them past the Boston Bruins. They need a healthy Freddie Anderson. And I'm not saying Jack Campbell can't be a competent backup in the NHL. But you want a guy like your Curtis McElhaney, who they let go on waivers. You need a guy who you know, night in, night out, can come in, give your team a chance. That's all you need. That's all you need. You can't have two or three softies a game. I think I heard like nine of the last 13 games that Michael Hutchinson's played. He's allowed three goals in less than a period. and Yeah, in, in nine of them. That's crazy. That's insane. If you're allowing three goals in a period in the National Hockey League, I mean, one, either your defense sucks, which, yeah, I mean, the Leafs aren't perfect. But boy, oh boy, they are struggling. Just watching the Buffalo Sabres, too. That's a tough team to watch. Adam always, I, I think Adam's actually starting to get back on the, the Jack Eichel train. I've said it a while. I still think he's an unbelievable player. One, he's got to play, play with bums. Two, Buffalo is one of the worst-run organizations in the league. And, he, I mean, you can clearly see why guys like Sam Reinhart want out. It's not that hard to see. Buffalo, I it just really isn't. They've got nothing going on. There's nowhere to build from. You can't even build around Jack Eichel at this point. Adding Jimmy VC is not a difference maker in your team. Not having a goaltender, that's not a good look either. So I don't know. The Sabres, that's a dumpster fire. And they just lost to the 13-win Detroit Red Wings. Cancel the season. Cancel it. They're so bad. So bad. And it's such a shame because Jack Eichel is one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He is unbelievable. And I guarantee you put him with some competent wingers. And this guy's up there in the scoring race. 
He's that good. He's that good. People just don't notice him because he's playing in a dumpster all the time. It's just a tire fire what the Sabres have going on. Moving along. I said we'll talk trades for every team. So I will say that for Vancouver, we'll start in the Pacific. Because, I mean, Montreal probably not getting in. Ottawa probably not getting in. So let's start in Vancouver. They are having an incredible year. One, I might even say don't rock the boat. But if anything, add someone with some experience. Don't don't do it at the expense of risking bumping some of your young guys out of a big role in playoffs. But a good third, fourth fourth line guy, maybe a second or third pairing defenseman with experience could be of use. I don't know if you really need to go out for a rental player or anything. Like, I don't think that they're they're banking on a Stanley Cup run here with the team they've got. But if anything, I, I do think that that experience, having someone who's maybe a little bit older who can come into the dressing room with a voice, that'll help. The Calgary Flames, I can't just say they need Brady Kachuk, although I do think that would help. But they've got so many holes that they need to fill. It's wild. It's wild. I won't even hammer on Riddick or Talbot right now in the goaltending sense because that obviously needs to be better. Their defense is fine, but their forwards, oh my goodness. Their scoring depth just isn't there. Their top guys aren't there. I think their top guys want to change in scenery. And I think it comes to the point of when when do you finally say, all right, Gaudreau and Monaghan aren't going to win us a Stanley Cup and aren't going to get us into the second round of playoffs? When do you say it? Because I don't see it happening anytime soon. I don't. I see Matthew Gachuk helping you get there way sooner than Johnny Hockey and Monaghan. And that's, I, I've got nothing against them. I, I think that they are solid hockey players. They're really good hockey players. Let's be realistic. But they're not playoff intensity hockey players. And they're not guys who are actually going to push the needle for this team. So you got to shake something up big there. And with the pieces you've got, you have that opportunity. You really do if you're Calgary. It's going to take a couple of ballsy trades, I do think. The Edmonton Oilers. Problem one's got to be McDavid's line, right? If you're going to say, we're sticking with Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto, which I think you'd be stupid not to because that line's been their best over the past month plus, you got to find someone for McDavid to play with. you got to find someone who can keep up to him and someone who can feed him the puck on his tape every shift. That's what you need. McDavid's going to wheel around out there, but if he's got no one to play with, that's the problem. So, I mean, it's pretty simple for Ken Holland. You had to get another one of these teams where you really don't have to go too crazy because your window still is a few years. But come on. Get McDavid someone to play with. Not that hard. Can't be. Can't be. Yeah, you might have to give up a draft pick. You might. But in the long run, is it going to be worth it? If the Oilers can make a playoff run in the next two, three years, 100%. 100%. And I think everyone would agree with that. 
Winnipeg, their biggest problem right now is, I mean, they still got Bufflin on the books, and I think the guys are starting to get pissed off that this whole sideshow is really taking off. That's going to be a, a massive issue in Winnipeg, so you got to clear that up. But for the Jets also, I, I, I do like some of their young core. I like some of their, their offense. If you're not going to get Bufflin back, maybe it's time you look at a D-man. Maybe it's time... They've got that Finnish kid actually coming up. He's young, too. I think he's back in Europe. But, oh, my goodness. I mean, he's going to be a stud. But you got to build her out. They've got that opportunity where I, I do think Hellbuck is a, a fairly elite goaltender. I'm not going to say he's a top five or top ten in the NHL. But you've got an opportunity to work from the back end out. Build the defense. Build the defense. Look at what St. Louis did. One a cup. One a cup. They built the team the right way. Perfect way. Ottawa, just trade Brady Kachuk to Calgary. That's all I'm saying. That's all you got to do. Just do it. Get it done. Whatever happens. It's kind of like pulling a Band-Aid off, right? You know it's going to suck. You know it's going to hurt. But you should just do it just because Cody says on World Hockey Report. Um, the Leafs, I think we already addressed it. They need a lot more than just Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. They need to add someone with kahunas up front who's willing to go forecheck every shift, who's willing to go crash and bang, lay the body, can actually play in that top nine forward role. We'll even put that, because I don't know if Clifford's going to get up there. And nothing against a guy like Jason Spezza, but is he your ideal fourth liner in the NHL right now? Still isn't. Still a tough guy. I mean, it's still a man's game. You still need those guys who are going to run around, be a little intimidating, and just, I don't know. Maybe Dubas doesn't want to build his team like that. Maybe Dubas wants to outweigh the old school NHL. Good to see Freddie Anderson back on the ice. Uh, upper body injury for him. Says he's doubtful for tonight's game against the Ducks. I, I can't imagine. I don't even know. I haven't even looked if they're going to start Campbell or not. That would be cool. Get to see him in action. I guess it would probably make sense. Why go back to Hutchison? For Montreal, man, such a shame to see Carey Price there. Such a shame. They also have some really good young forwards. I think this is a team that just kind of has to put things on the books and really take a break. Say, hey, let's, let's dish off some of these older guys in their prime. Get a couple of good draft picks. There's some real damn good hockey players coming up in the draft here. And for Montreal, I know that they're past the point of like absolutely tanking now, but to get a guy like Alexei Lafreniere would change that franchise forever. I said it. Mike Moritz, Lafreniere would change that franchise forever. Montreal's obviously past that point. Hard to tank with a guy like Carey Price in net. But maybe make it, I, I guess he, you're going to have to hold someone hostage in Detroit to get that first overall pick, I do think. I don't think Byfield is going to be as big of a difference maker immediately, but I, I just, especially the Frenier, the way he went out 
for the World Juniors totally changed everyone's opinion. Alrighty, Friday night bets. Use mybookie.ag promo code 120Z Sports and they'll match your deposit up to $1,000. Leafs on the money line tonight are minus 245. Absolutely no value there. None at all. Buffalo and the Rangers. Buffalo is playing like absolute trash. The Rangers are going to start Georgiev to hope he gets his trade value up. At minus 175 on the money line, I don't even know if I like New York in that one. Columbus is minus 310 to beat Detroit. Columbus has been absolutely buzzing. But Detroit's coming off a win. Plus 250. Still don't think I'd take them. If anything in that one, over 5.5 is at minus 115. I do like that. Minnesota and Dallas, the Stars are minus 190. Minnesota's playing all right. Don't count them out. So at plus 160, that's probably your dog of the day. But hey, your best bet for Friday for World Hockey Report, the over 5.5 Detroit and Columbus. Hammer it, hammer it, hammer it with the promo code 120Z Sports on mybookie.ag. That's going to do it. Once again, thanks to Kirsten Kroll for jumping on to talk some college puck. World Hockey Report back here on 12 Ounce Sports Radio next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.